Impacting Life 24-7 sponsors are unique in that they help us to continue to impact one life, one day at a time. Our gold sponsors, Michelle Perry. She is the host of the Successful Diligence podcast and best-selling author of The Pebble in My Shoe. You can connect with Michelle and get a copy of her book at SuccessfulDiligence.com. Paula Cousson has dedicated her life volunteering in community youth programs such as the Young Marines. Paula believes that the greatest asset each young person has is at least one caring adult in their life. Donald Lamb, he and his wife have been happily married for over 35 years. He is the proud father of one daughter and three sons. Donald honorably served his country for over 22 years in the United States Army and retired with distinction. Active in his community, Donald is the owner and operator of Mama's Boy Event Planning and Coordinating Services. Connect with Donald at facebook.com forward slash Mama's Boy Events Coordinating. Amanda Aker, coming from a past of drug abuse, homelessness, and being a convicted felon, Amanda has broken through and was able to let the good things into her life. Amanda is now on a mission to inspire and motivate people just like you. Amanda's core message is that our past does not define us and we are way stronger than we think. Connect with Amanda at facebook.com forward slash amanda.acre2017. Our platinum sponsors, Mr. Gregory Smith. He is the author of 100 Simple Ways How to Manage a Property and Evidence Room. Get your copy by reaching out to Gregory Smith on Facebook or email him at smithg1963 at yahoo.com. Adrienne Barker, she is the host of the Adrienne Barker Speaks podcast, a life coach and CEO of Professional Global Etiquette. Please connect with her at professionalglobaletiquette.com. Mr. Mike Black from New Bern, North Carolina. Mike helps men throughout Eastern Carolina lead a faith-filled life. He is a compassionate leader in his church and a devoted husband and father. Dr. Nate Dunlap Jr., he is the executive director of the PRF Institute. He's the author of What's Next, Preparing for Eternity, and Don't Leave Me Like This, Inspiration to Leave a Legacy. As a 501c3 organization, the PRF Institute is blessed to be the premier stewardship-based teaching ministry that truly responds to the needs of others in the community. Contact him at prfinstitute.org. If you would like to become a sponsor of Impacting Life 24-7, it's very simple. Just visit clkingspeaker.com. That's right. Visit clkingspeaker.com. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is your host, C.L. King, coming to you live from Impacting Life 24-7, high atop the Ruth E. Plowden Legacy Chair. And on this Friday night, this is an off-scheduled show, but I'm thankful nonetheless that uh, you are here and that, that you will listen later on. Also thankful for my good friend, my very best friend, Gregory Smith, who rides along on this journey where sometimes <laughs> I have no clue where we're going, but we, you know, where our heart is. And so sometimes your heart can take you places that your head cannot take you. And intellectually, I kind of have an idea, but my heart is really what drives this thing. And Greg has the heart for that mission. You know, if it, if it really came down to it, he and I have done hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of events for absolutely free. And I don't say that as a point of bragging, but I'm just saying that you don't, 
you you got families, you got life, you got things to do. And to be out here trying to make an impact in young people's lives, to, to try to make an impact in those who are serving young people, to try to help moms and dads on your own time, that is that is very, very remarkable. And it's hard to find someone like that that will ride with you for that long. You know, Greg's been with me since like 2009. And it's 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 not an easy thing because don't get us wrong. There has been sizable checks that have flown, flown through our hands, but that's never been, that's never been an issue. It's never been like, yo, we about to fight over some money or we're about to lose our friendship over, over a royalty or something like that never has happened. And we have a very, very clear understanding of what goes on around here. You know, we, we do this for the love of, 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 of what we're doing, number one, first of all. And do we do believe that God is going to reward that with the revenue on the other end, all right? So I wanted to close out this series. I was not going to go on. I was not going to bring the show on tonight because it's, you know, it's it's Friday. You know what I'm saying? You you put in a lot of work all week. and But I did not want to carry this series that we had. Because remember last night we had we had to interrupt our series because we had Dr. Medford on or Beckford on. And she did such a tremendous job on our show. I said, as soon as we can get her scheduled, let's get her scheduled. But I did not want to carry this series into next week because we've got a whole full week of broadcasting and and an additional new series that we're that we're introducing on the opioid epidemic with uh, young people and teenagers. And so, Greg, I may need your help with that in in some degree, because I know that they see you or you see them on the other end of the equation. And it's a real situation. I've talked to people in, in multiple counties, Carteret, Craven, Onslow. Jones and it is it's real. So uh, we we have determined that if there's issues that impact young people, you know, somebody said I got really encouraged the other day. I was walking the dog, or maybe Samson was walking me. I don't know, <laughs> but I was I was out with some sort of mechanism around my dog, and we we had forward motion, and I came past this truck, a couple trucks at a house, and they, evidently they were doing some work. And I started looking at all the things that they offered. And it was like 20 different things. Flooring, pressure washing, trash hauling, this, that, painting, sheetrock. And I said, you know, nobody told that guy that he needs to have a, a niche market. Like, you know, you can only do, you you only focus on sheetrock, brother. Because I think what he realized is, is that homeowners experience a multitude of issues um, unexpectedly often at times, and they need someone that's available that will come and help them with their needs. And so if you say they call and be like, Hey man, I got a plumbing issue and you, or, you know what I'm saying? If you got to obviously have the licensing and all that, but, but, but to have the credentials and to also have the capacity to do it and advertise that you do. It's like, I started to think, I said, you know, that's why Greg and I have done so many different type of events working with young people, gang summits and young Marines balls, you know, banquets and, and male mentoring empowerment groups and national nights out. I mean, the list is voluminous and, you know, gang summits and bullying conferences and bullying rallies 
and leadership and goal setting. It's like I, when you start thinking about when we if we really had to unfurl the list of things that we've had to do, it's because it, number one, it'd be vol, vol, voluminous, but number two, it's because the needs of our young people are varied, right? And and so I remember when I came into the system, to the foster system, man, I I, I was I had a lot of varied needs, and and I needed people to be able to help me unpack each one of those needs and and service those needs. You know, Greg. I mean, I'm just saying. I'm just thinking in my mind, just in my mind, the 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 multiple events and and types of of events that people have wanted us for and people want want us to do. Um, like for example, this weekend, I'm very very blessed. It's one of one of the highlights thus far of my year is to be able to speak for a young man who passed away at, from White Oak High School during the uh, whole pandemic and I think 2021, the beginning of 2021 and very close with Chris and very popular young man. And the family asked me if I would give uh, the address at his one year anniversary and celebration of his life. And so you talk about, you talk about a high privilege to be able to do that. And so again, that's another example of what a diverse, what a diverse and complex landscape that we see that our young people need someone that can step into that. And, you know, it's like life doesn't just life doesn't just throw you a niche, man. It just, it just doesn't throw you a a nice, beautiful swim lane. Life life's not like that, man. Yeah. Greg, uh, you probably met them at Chris's graduation. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful family. Our heart, continues to remember them in in the loss of their son but what they're doing is they're continuing to keep his legacy alive and remember him and what a phenomenal young man that he was and I know Chris had a super super huge close relationship with him so when someone asks you to do that you can't just be like well I'm sorry I got a niche market I only speak on whatever right that's that's just never been our thing i i know that the professionals and and there's folks with income funnels and everything else that show you well you should be in this narrow area and i get it there is some there is some benefit to that but then when i look like i said when i looked at that guy's truck greg when i looked at that guy's truck that was working at that house man he had like i like i say he had 20 different things that he could address in your home and that's why that's probably why he had such a nice truck and another truck behind it with their logos and all the lettering on there because they made themselves available to more than just one need. The need doesn't know a season and the need knows no budget. Wow. You see what I'm saying? So I, I wanted to say this and Greg can verify it because he's on here and this man does not lie. That several years ago, we presented a situation that we wanted to help with in North Carolina. And we reached out to state and local elected officials. We let them know, hey, listen, this is what we do. Here is here is our goal, our mission. We would surely like to be a resource for North Carolina. 
And we sent that out and it was a little bit discouraging and disheartening the response that we got. In fact, we only received responses from one elected official and that official was Walter B. Jones. Now I had never really dealt with political figures before I was still trying to figure out how to not get thrown in jail for starting this nonprofit. Right. I didn't know what was going on. And so Greg and I are just out here trying to make a difference, trying to make an impact, just trying to help some people. And then when I got a letter, I got a call from Walter Jones's Washington DC office saying, yes, uh, Walter Jones, Congressman Jones would love for you to come to the state Capitol and present your whatever, whatever, whatever. And I was just like, OMG, we really going, we going downtown, Greg, we going downtown, right? Rest in peace to the late Walter Jones, Walter B. Jones. And I said, Greg, we got to get it together, man. <laughs> Somebody actually responded. And so that's why I say, man, you continue to, you continue to sow, you continue to sow, you continue to cast your net, even when it don't look like nobody's responding, even when it doesn't look like nobody even cares, continue to cast your net. If that's what's called, God's called you to do, cast that net, cast that net. You might have to move to the other side of the boat, but continue to cast that net. And Walter Jones, his office set up for other legislatures to be there in this big, beautiful North Carolina state house office and Greg and I and another teammate we got some professional briefs put together and we showed them what our heartbeat was and why we wanted to be a resource for North Carolina and then shortly thereafter that Greg and I got 37 events all in one place back to back that was with Dr. Dawson <laughs> she worked us like dogs and and but Walter Jones helped open the door right and so I'm leading up to that when I conclude this series today, this is not the conclusion of this topic. In fact, I'm going to tell you that I'm going to do the exact same thing I did, probably with a little more specificity. I'm going to do the exact same thing I did way back then when Walter Jones opened the door to us. I'm going to email and message and send a letter to and call if I have to the secretary of North Carolina Health and Human Services, Dr. Mandy Cohen. That's what we're going to do, Greg. Okay. That's that we're going to, when I finish this episode, I'm drafting the email because I've pointed out a situation that many of you did not know. I've pointed out a, a situation that some people may, may know, but don't know how they can help. And I've also pointed out a situation that maybe some people don't care. It's just, that's not their problem. I seen somebody, I think Paula Cousson said that the other night, that's the reason why people don't get involved because they just, it's not their problem. It's not their issue. What well, is? If we're, it's, it's mine. If you're talking about this sign behind me impacting life 24 seven and our model is impacting one life one day at a time. If I can help get one kid diverted from a psychiatric facility into an actual home, then I've done my job. Let me, we're going to conclude this series tonight. This again is the, the series that broke out. I picked it up in the paper. Y'all got the paper right here in my hand. It was in the sun journal. The title of the series was, it was a four part series called nowhere to go and it was also found in the usa today paper and so when i was in the dentist office i was sitting there and with jeremiah lamenting about the thousands of dollars i have in his mouth <laughs> and um 
so you know, I, 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 that captured my eye, captured my attention because it says foster children being foster children just needed a bed. Instead, North Carolina locked them in institutions. And I saw that. Yeah, what you hear rattling around for our podcast listeners is the newspaper. I actually am holding the newspaper in my hands. I, I was just blown away that I'm like, wait a minute. I'm a three-time foster child, two-time group home child. And you're telling me that in the state that I travel around and Greg and I give of our time and talent and energies to, to scream and holler and motivate and inspire and give things away to young people. You're telling me the state that we're doing that in has this, un- has this unseen epidemic that it doesn't seem like, you know, this is like a, this is like a new revelation. And I wonder how many people had that paper in their hands that day and just kind of glanced over it and said, mm, too bad for them. Well, when you're a foster kid, you think differently. Let's let's pick up where we left off and then we'll conclude. And I'm going to ask, I'm going to call you guys to action. I'm going to say, why don't, I want you guys to help me in writing Dr. Mandy Cohen. On any given day, roughly 700 or more children from North Carolina are in psychiatric residential treatment facilities. The facilities are largely isolated to the outside world. Visitors get limited access to the building. Even state case workers are not allowed in the sleeping quarters and other areas where kids live. Children go to school and spend nearly their all their time in the buildings. And sometimes those buildings have damaged floors and walls and smell of urine, according to a review of state inspection reports. So this is a review of state inspection reports, not just somebody with their own, you know, agenda or axe to grind, but these are actually documented reports of inspections of those facilities. Some have recreation yards surrounded with fences that contain razor wire. Kids complain that workers use excessive force, verbally abuse them, and sometimes as a security measure, watch them as they shower or use the toilet. Now, listen, all this stuff is I want you to understand that the the crisis is that we have kids that are being abused or neglected in their homes. and And because we don't have enough foster care, because we don't have enough enough caring group homes, these children at, at it's like this is the last resort. We don't have nowhere to put you. It's Friday. I'm trying to get out of here. So they they call around to psychiatric wards. And in some cases, it's not even within the state. It's a loss of liberty, said Joe Anu Noel Andrews Coste, an attorney with Disability Rights North Carolina an advocacy group. Psychiatric residential treatment facilities are being used as a place to put a child. An investigation by the U.S. Department of Justice found in 2011 that North Carolina had failed to provide adequate services for people with mental disabilities. So they so they had trouble providing services for folks with mental disabilities and they having trouble providing services for folks that don't have mental disabilities. The state reached an agreement with the federal government to expand community services and housing six years later. The Justice Department accused North Carolina of failing to keep its promise. Six years later, after funding was injected into this into the program, 
we found out six years later that North Carolina had not upheld its end of the bargain. Now, listen, when I reach out to Dr. Cohen, my, my mission is not to, to, to call her on the carpet and, and do all the, you know, do all the land basting that you oftentimes see online. It is to exactly, it is to do the exact same thing we did before. Listen, who better to be a spokesperson and an advocate for helping raise awareness about foster children and the need for foster parents than someone who was a homeless kid and a three-time foster child. I don't know. Cause I don't, I don't see a lot of speakers out here talking about this. So in a written response to questions from USA today network, Staff officials said that they were aligning services to comply with law protecting to uh, to comply with law protecting civil rights in living situations for people with disabilities, such as mental health patients. They said that the state will release a plan this year designed to see. That's what that's what bothers me, Gray, is that we're, we're always reacting. We're always reacting. When, when we finally pull, when we finally do the analysis and we pull the cover off, then all of a sudden now we're going to come up with a plan. That's what, that's what bothers me, man. It's like, where's, where was our plan six years ago when you got the funding? Where was the plan? You would think that, I mean, like as hard as it is to write a grant and even harder it is to get the money, you got to show what you're going to do three years and successive years and over and under and all that kind of stuff to get a grant. And, and, and I mean, you got to back practically show your blood type and your family lineage and 10 generations removed from you. But when, when state money is injected into a system, it's like, okay, well, I guess here's the money y'all figure it out as you go. And so then in response to this, that the state said they will release a plan this year. We're talking 2022 y'all. The state will release a plan this year designed to meet the legal requirements and guide spending policy decisions. So, so, so you got the money, but we didn't spend it on what we got the money on. Does that sound familiar? <laughs> right, Greg spent it on pay raise. Come on, man. I'm not some, I'm not, I'm not some anti-government conspiracy theorist. I'm just telling you what, what the investigation provided. And as someone that understands what it's like to take two trash bags of your clothes, that's all the belongings you have in the world, and to show up on a total stranger's doorstep and be like, hey, I'm here to live. Can you please make this feel like a family? I understand what that feels like. And then for a kid who, I, I said this last time we were in, in the show, look, in a, a kid in, even in a bad situation still considers home home so you take that kid out of their house and then you put them in a foster home i mean you put them in a psychiatric place and that just that just compounds the problem so here's what the state went on to say the state official said we tried to make sure that we placed these children in the environment that is going to be the most conducive to good outcomes for them. Armstrong, a recent head of the state mental health services division said, there are oftentimes going to be disagreements about what that looks like. <laughs> I, I love, I love that highfalutin 90,000 foot jargon 
about you know well there's there could be discussions about what what that actually looks like because i mean look you put a bed you got a bed and you got a secure facility that should be good enough and like i told you before listen if i come to town and you're telling me all the hotel rooms are booked i don't need you to go put me in a jail just because they got a bunk and it's a secure facility out you'll be safe in here buddy that's not i'm, I'm i don't need those services brother I hate, to, I hate to break it to you. I don't need those services. And neither do these children who have who have experienced already traumatic experiences, whether it be neglect, abuse, sexual abuse, and then they get ex, they get extracted from their home, sometimes abruptly, and they, then they get injected into a psychiatric facility? Come on. Right, the last part of this is really going to grab y'all attention. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, you're tuning in to Impact Life 24-7 with your host, C.L. King and Greg, the VP down there in Newport, North Carolina. You think y'all going to get some snow, Greg? They said said snow is coming through North Carolina. Boy, that'll shut everything down. You might get a day off from work. <laughs> North Carolina, listen, watch this. This is the last part of this of this write-up in the Sun Journal. It says, racial bias in the foster care system. Now, they saved this part for last, so I'm just reading it in order. North Carolina is swamped with reports of child abuse and neglect, okay? The state records more than 100,000 reported cases per year. 100,000 cases cases of neglect per year almost like the size of Onslow County in number they reported 100,000 cases of neglect a year partly the result of an ongoing opioid crisis and economic downturns you see why I got to do a, a series on the opioid crisis that has left roughly 17,000 children in the state foster care system. Listen to that. 17,000 children are in the state foster care system. A 17% increase from 2010. So not, not only are the kids, not only are we seeing 17% 17,000 kids in the foster care system, but we also seen a 17% increase over the past decade. Karen McLeod, president and CEO of Benchmarks, a registered lobbyist who represents the psychiatric centers and other services service providers that offer services in North Carolina. She said that the state is putting too many children in psychiatric residential treatment facilities well above the national average. So North Carolina is exceeding the national average on the number of kids who are going into psychiatric facilities that do not need to be there. Being in a locked treatment facility is not normal for a child. Right? I told you that a child's mentality is even when things are going not good at home, even though the home life may not be optimum, that's still home to them. So they don't understand. So if you're going to extract them out of that volatile, dangerous situation, you need to put them in a, an environment that's conducive to caring and love and growth and development. Being locked in a treatment facility is not normal for a child, McLeod said. 
And the longer they are in there, the harder it becomes for them to transition out. Some children bounce around from facility, from one facility to another. And I know that feeling, bouncing around from one group home to another, one foster home to another, just be, being bounced around because the state cannot find a family willing to take them in, she said. And this calling, she's calling this situation absolutely unacceptable. And I, that's my question to you. Are, are we okay with this? Are we fine with, the, with this being the case that, well, we don't have any people that could take these poor children in who who um been extracted from their homes because of no fault of their own we don't have nowhere to send them so we best is better than nothing send them on to the psych ward y'all okay with that goes on to say we have not had the space to create and and the clarity to build nor necessarily the leadership from health and human services at the state level to ensure that we are building the robust community-based services that we need to alleviate the the dependency that we have on psychiatric residential treatment facilities. So we haven't put the money we haven't put the resources, we haven't put the time, the infrastructure. We're not utilizing the community. So I just say, man, what is all these not local nonprofits doing, man? If you're if you're in the community and you're supposed to be, I mean, we, we have to, we don't just have to exist as nonprofits, y'all. We don't just have to execute our programs and, you know, continue to pat ourselves on the back that we did this and that and the other in the community. There are, there, I'm just going to challenge you, okay, that, that, that you got to think beyond just that, especially if you know that there are situations going on. It's time for, for, for the local nonprofits to give voice to these issues. Watch what they go on to say. Black children who are overrepresented in the child welfare system pay the steepest price in this whole thing. Paul Lehner, a professor at the University of North Carolina School of Social Work, conducted research on why children are admitted to the psychiatric centers. So see, y'all, this, this was not just some haphazard, fly-by-night, wing-it kind of experience. This was, this was vetted through some heavy folks. He said, watch what he said, that black children were overrepresented in the psychiatric centers, at least in part because authorities had trouble finding another place for them to go. Right. That's right. The nonprofits need to work together, Greg. You're right. And and what I just see is it's just like, okay, well, you got 750,000 nonprofits in the community going around at fundraising, asking for money, and they're, they're all doing their own individual agendas. But imagine if we if we could just once or twice a year come all together to address the really big ticketed items and 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 man because you know what you guys are doing on the boots on the ground you're getting some of the low-hanging fruit but that and that's great but then we gotta we gotta we gotta look at the bigger issues that are affecting our young people and this this clearly states that black children were are overrepresented in the child welfare system 
They pay the steepest price. Watch. Let's just continue on. Paul Lehner, a professor, University of North Carolina School of Social Work, conducted the research on psychiatric centers. And here's what he said. He said that black children were overrepresented in the psychiatric centers, at least in part because authorities had trouble finding another place for them to go. In North Carolina, black kids make up about 13% of the children but about 30% of the Medicaid recipients in psychiatric residential treatment facilities. And if that, ladies and gentlemen, doesn't cause you to think maybe we should say something, then I've just spent three shows trying to convince you. I just spent three shows trying to convince you. I mean, I, I, I utilized... <laughs> I spent some equity trying to convince you that there's there's we need to say something. And I, I'm determined. I already got her page up. That, that's how determined I am. Dr. Mandy Cohen is the secretary of Department of Department of Health and Human Services Secretary. So Dr. Mandy Cohen was appointed to the role of secretary of the North Carolina Department of Health and Human Services back in January of 2017 by Governor Roy Cooper. Secretary Cohen and her team worked tirelessly to improve the health, safety, and well-being of all North Carolinians. DHHS has 17,000 employees and an annual budget of $20 billion. Serving as the home to North Carolina Medicaid, public health, mental health, IDD, SUD, state-operated hospitals, and facilities, economic services, adult and child services, early childhood education, employment services, and health services regulation. Secretary Cohen and her team are focused on responding to and recovering from the COVID-19 pandemic, building a robust, efficient Medicaid program, improving early childhood health, safety and education, combating the opioid crisis, hello, and ensuring equitable access to health resources. So, Equitable access to health resources or equitable access to resources in general for those 17, um, you know, what did we say that black kids make up 17% of the population in North Carolina, but they make up 30% of those needing those types of services. And when we, when we looked at this whole expansive study, and this whole investigative reporting that went on, I didn't find it politically motivated. I just found it factual. Like I said, need has no need knows no budget. Need knows no party. Need knows no season. It just needs to be met. So my role in this now is to say, Dr. Cohen, you have an advocate, someone who is far more boots on the ground who is willing to help. We need to go on a campaign of awareness about the deficiency of foster families in North Carolina. That's what we need to do. We've, you know, if you're telling, sometimes people don't know because they have not heard it. You know what I'm saying? That sometimes people don't rise up to action because they've not heard it. All you got to do is go back to the three shows that I've produced, and we're going to run these several times, and and just listen to the listen to the situation that we're in. 
again, I said this is not a hit against Dr. Cohen. I am I'm not my arena is not politics. It it almost sickens me most of the time. My arena is advocacy and making an impact. That's my arena. I don't dab. I'm not trying to get into politics, but I do recognize that those elected officials and those appointed officials, we got to work in concert with them. Right. Regardless of who is who, who what's the 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 determination after their name, whether it's a D or an R, I don't, that kid that's getting thrown into a psychiatric facility that's been getting beat the crap out of them by their parents. And now they're, they're put in a worse situation where maybe they're getting molested in the facility, man, they don't care nothing about a D or R. They, they just want to be loved. Right. They just want to be loved. And so, uh, you know, I, I'm what I'm doing here is I'm putting my money where my mouth is. And I am I'm already on. It's the office of the secretary. So there's it looks to be the phone capabilities you can call. So I'm going to call if they don't have an email option. But I can call email and write. <laughs> I'll do it all. They got a very, they got a pretty large, they don't have, they don't have an office staff like me and you, Greg, two or three people. They got a whole, they got a whole recall roster here. You heard they got 17,000 employees. So, you know, and I'm not saying, hey, look, Dr. Cohen, get up off of the, get out of North Carolina and then come on around here and, and become a foster parent. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying that, man, you have somebody that is willing to help you spread the message of the need for yeah, that's right, brother. That's right. Greg seal team. You have somebody that's willing to spread the message throughout your state that we are in need of foster families. You have someone willing to partner with you who lived as a foster kid who now has the ear of, of thousands of kids around the state. So that, that's what it is. It's not just a play to try to get into to, to the state capitol. We already been there. That's that's not it. It it but it really is if we see that there's a need and we see that there's an issue, should we not at least try to say, hey, look, here am I. Here I am. Can 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 I help? Here I am. Can I help? And, you know, you know, people get nervous about that because it's like, oh, Lord, you know, you're going to stir up something. It's already stirred up. It was in the paper. Just nobody read it. So all I'm doing was reading what was put out in the USA Today, as well as what was put out in the Sun Journal and many other news uh, publications. Right. Just 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 give after you've heard this information. Why not give them a call and say, hey, look, we want to we want to try to see if we can help. Even if even if you can't be a foster parent, perhaps you can you can, uh, you know, somebody that might want to or, you you know, they can't have children or whatever the case may be. They're older. Like my foster mom and dad, they were in their late 60s when I moved in. They had a house full of teenage boys and they, they took care of us. And I'm here today because of their willingness to step up. You can't tell me this isn't this isn't something that we need to address. Because the state clearly said 
we're going to develop a plan, <laughs> right? We're going to get a plan together, Greg. But they got the money six years ago. And, and we still are allowing, we're still okay with kids. And that's the, that's the problem. There's two reasons why things don't go through. It's your messaging or your marketing. You can have the greatest message in the world, but if nobody hears it, it's not gonna it's not gonna take flight. And you can have the most snazziest, greatest graphics, blah, 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 highfalutin stuff. But if your message is lame and it falls flat and it doesn't seem genuine, people are not gonna be impressed. People are not gonna be people are not gonna necessarily want to do anything. And you're right, Greg, that money unfortunately done been spent bro <laughs> so i'm just i'm telling you man i'm i'm i mean this um i would i would show you my screen and prove to you that uh, and so here's what i'm going to do i'm going to in um let's see here in our chat in the chat box of the live audience for all of our north carolina folks that listen to impacting life 24 7 I'm going I'm going to help you by putting this website into the chat, okay? And so again, we're not just we're not just looking to cause trouble, we're not just looking to stir something up, but we're but we are looking to to help. And so what I'm going to do is I'm I'm putting it in the chat right now. It's the North Carolina Division of Health and Human Services.gov. That's ncdhhs.gov forward slash contact forward slash division dash contacts. Do y'all see? We, we, we're not just we're not just um we're not just rambling off at the mouth, but but truly we're we're trying to give you something that hey you got some ammunition there. You got you got three shows. You can go look up the 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 Sun Journal. You can go look up. You you can go look up the uh, USA Today report, and and you can you can see for yourself how this this epidemic was documented and how people saw and witnessed that the numbers were not lying. So, again, North Carolina Department of Health and Human Services, we're going to reach out to their office. I don't have anything else to do tomorrow. My whole day is dedicated to writing in the book. So I'll be, I'll be engrossed in that. I pop my headphones in, man. And I, I put on some eighties music cause I'm writing from the eighties perspective time frame till I get up until the nineties. But I put, put me some good music on and I just go, you know, just unearth those things that I feel are going to be helpful and beneficial in that book. So again, there's the website. If, if you would like to, if you would like to help raise awareness about the, the foster care shortages in North Carolina, that's how you do it. And so I wouldn't spend three hours in show time and multiple more hours in prep time and production time to just let this fall flat and be like, well, okay, we, we did it. There you go. We, we can say we did our, we can say we did our thing, but no, see, that's what I was talking about relative to 
to like nonprofits in the community. Man, you can't just do your event and then the event's done. You box everything up till next year and that's it. No, man, if we if I can collaborate with the North Carolina Department of Health and Human Services and help and and brainstorm with them and be some boots on the ground motivation for people and help get their messages out about the need for more foster parents. Sounds like something that we could do. All right. So, ladies and gentlemen, what I'm going to do now before I let you go before and hopefully not make anybody mad is I'm going to close out tonight's show with sharing my screen and giving you a close out to the week word from our sponsors. Our sponsors are responsible. You heard them in the beginning. And uh, these are people that that help us in, at Impact in Life 24-7 do exactly what we're trying to do right now, and that is to impact lives. And so we we definitely appreciate you guys reaching out to them. Those websites, the websites that I give you, go check them out. These people have books, they have services, they have programs. That they're, man, they, there were some remarkable people that are sponsors of Impact in Life 24-7. And so in return, we try to keep their name before you and continue the art of collaboration. So with that, thank you, Greg. Thank you all who listened. Thank you to those that will take action. We given, we've given you some ammunition. I'm going to do my part. I hope that you will too. And until we talk again, have a great weekend. Happy Dr. Martin Luther King Day. And we will talk to you again on Monday. God bless you. Our Impacting Life 24-7 sponsors have helped us go where no podcast has gone before. Platinum sponsors. Poor Katrina McCain is the author of Because She Decided to Love. This book is a collection of poetry and prose about love and its important impact on every relationship. This raw and uncut poetry book addresses the themes of how we experience love through loss, hurt, pain, grief, and passion. Connect with her and get your copy of this book at PaulKatrinaMcCain.com. Donald Skip Mondragon, MD, is a 26-year Army veteran, National Veterans Wrestling Champion, and speaker. He is the author of Wrestling Depression is Not for Wimps, Lessons Learned from an Amateur Wrestler's Fight to Triumph Over Depression. Contact him at WrestlingIsNotForWimps.com. The Underdog Ninja Foundation. This was founded in 2020 by Javi and Jessica Madrigal, a husband and wife team that have been battling and overcoming heart disease for over 18 years. Their personal story and experiences have led them to follow their calling of empowering, educating, and supporting those fighting heart disease. Contact this amazing team at underdogninja.com. Melinda Tyson Linder. She has spent decades investing in people from all different walks of life. She has led inner city programs for disadvantaged youth, as well as been a mentor to young adults, married couples, and individuals facing adversity. Belinda and her husband have built multiple six and seven figure businesses and have trained leaders on having tenacity and character in business. Ultimately, Belinda cares about people and shows the love of God to everyone she encounters. Bettina Carey. Bettina Carey is the diminutive four foot nine and a half Latina 
She inspires and empowers women to create big results. They break through. No, they shatter their earnings glass ceilings. They kick self-imposed limitations to the curb and live their legacies now. Whether she's coaching from a live or virtual stage or conferring with a small cohort of bold women and men on the rise at a conference table, her championship strategies say you can win today. Contact her at weempoweryourlife.com. If you would like to become a sponsor of Impacting Life 24-7, reach out to clkingspeaker.com. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for tuning in to Impacting Life 24-7.